Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, the video game music podcast. This is episode 8-1 and we're your hosts. I'm Rob Nichols. Holy crap, new world, huh? Yeah, podcast world 8. And I'm Pernell, I forgot to say. <laughs> yeah, that's Pernell over there. And every week we um, we pick a topic and listen to some fantastic video game music from all generations and all consoles. All timelines, all dimensions, above, below, <laughs> under, over, too slow. No big time, fuck the present to get some good game time in your face. Is this a preview of like some some Purnell rap going on later? No, this is um that's the that's the demo to my new album that's coming out um, <laughs> sometime. Never. Um, I hope you buy it with some money because I could use it. <laughs> so, um, have you been playing any more Persona Five this week? Yes. Uh, oh, we have. That's awesome. I, it's weird. I don't know like, why I'm surprised, but I know you've been busy. You so. really shouldn't be. <laughs> that that game is. I've sacrificed sleep to play that game. Literally, <laughs> I got four hours last night. Oh my god! Because I had to know what the second palace in the game was, nice. and I won't spoil anything because people uh. cut over that. Um, what else have I been playing? Uh, I got a new game and I got a demo uh, to do a review for. Oh, it's, I saw that. Uh, RBI Baseball, right? Yeah, spoiler alert, people listening, it's terrible. <laughs> no. I don't like it. Is it just because it's because it's baseball? You know how conflicted I was by this? <laughs> I actually was like, I don't like this game, and I felt guilty thinking, well, I don't play baseball games, so the average person is going to listen, knowing that I don't right. like them, and just say, you don't, like, you don't play baseball. So a friend of mine just randomly commented, like, I'm sorry, man, it's a terrible game. And I just jumped, I was like, why is it terrible? <laughs> <laughs> tell me if it's, tell me why you hate it so I can know if I'm right or not. And then you were like, take this controller. Here. Show me where I touched you. <laughs> tell, me, tell me where the bad game touched you. And then I'll tell other people that it touched me that way, too. Um, but like, yeah, yeah, I just I don't like it. Like I was hoping it would kindle some kind of bases loaded vibe. And no, I right. Like I was thinking when you told me that you were going to play RBI baseball, and we start talking about um, NES and like the arcade RBI baseball <laughs> arcade, and um, I started thinking about how you used to go to an arcade, and there were these there used to be sports games yep. in the arcade, and they were actually fun because they were arcadey style. Yeah, but but no, everything's all sim based now. It has to be oh, simulated. No, like that. Well, even before then, I'm talking like how remember you used to go to an arcade and there used to be platformer games. Yeah, like those Contra, were awesome like too. Ninja Gaiden. Um, but I'm talking like I used to go to the, uh, the Conquer Mall, mm-hmm. and they had a huge, a big screen four player John Elway's. Um, it's John Elway. John Elway's quarterback. Really? Yeah, no joke. No, and that's a surprise. I remember because the joystick was like one of those weird little <laughs> like twigs. You know, <laughs> I think you pretty just rip it off. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, I was really amazed. It probably just looked big because I was little. It was in the spaceport. You just um, destroy it in a pass intercepted rage. That's something we should show on the Facebook or on Instagram is Spaceport. If you had any photos of it, because I missed that. They're all place. over the internet, actually. I might have to go find those then, because I could use the nostalgia boost going in and play Magic Sword or oh Revolution God, X yeah. with the CD. So Spaceport was an, like an arcade in the 80s and early 90s. I think it was a chain, but it was um, it was a, one of the it was the the staple of the mall in our area. And it was dark, and it was—it looked like a like a spaceship, but it was spectacular. It was real dark. It was real dark. It was my—I want to say second favorite arcade, but it was the one I was most able to frequent. Yeah, I mean, mine too. And um, so when I worked at Funscape later on, uh, the arc, you know, the big two-level arcade. Mm -hmm. This was like that was of course that was like right when arcades were you know just dying, but it was. There was a guy that we hired there for an arc- as an arcade tech, and he called himself Chef because he liked South Park a lot, <laughs> and he sounded like him. He sounded like I, he sounded like show. And he called himself Chef, and um, and he he used to be a tech at Spaceport, and it was amazing to hear the stories of fights and drug deals because it was so dark in there. <laughs> True, but also, I mean, let's be honest. If you're going to do something shady, why not do it over a game of Mortal Kombat? I, I mean, know, right? It's um, If you're going to uh, gamble money, why play craps in the back alley when you can play Arkanoid? Yeah. I bet, don't see why not. Bet money on bricks. Same thing to me. <laughs> I'd do it. Now, I remember uh, money matches at Funscape going down over Marvel Capcom 2. What a way to throw your cash away. I know, right? Everybody just combo hyper liper combo breaker, and there goes your mortgage. <laughs> that game changed over the years. Um, it wasn't. It's weird when people find glitches and, and actually how to win. How much the game changes. 
Mm-hmm. Two years after Marvel Capcom 2 came out, I couldn't play it anymore. Uh, it was not, one, not competitively anyway. Yeah, I never played competitively, but playing with friends, it was cool because no one no one found their key team and mooched it except for me because I like Tron Bond before she was cool, and I don't care oh, what anybody yeah, she says. Was great, yeah. So, Actually, she's awesome in Marvel Capcom 3. Yeah, oh, she's probably not as good as she was in 2, though, because in no. 2, she was pretty broken. No, she's awesome in 3. Oh. Well, not mean? awesome, but like um, Evo 2014 or maybe it was 2013, um, she has a command grab that pulls people out of supers. I need to spook my copy up. I got I to gotta find that match and show you because it was hype. It was super hype. Mm. Mega hype. <laughs> it was air combo hype. In that case, yeah, you have to find it for me because I would like to check that out. Maybe it'll be the inspiration I need to finally play it. I bought it for Phoenix Wright and never used it. Hey, people still use them. People still like them. I think it's just people like Phoenix Wright, though. As they should, and if they don't, they're wrong. Um, So I've been feeling super nostalgic because I've been listening to a great podcast called the VGM Jukebox um, starring Keyglyph. And I'm going to give a shout-out to Keyglyph because I like your show. And it sounds awesome. Rob mentioned something about you have a format where you can submit music with crazy stories. And suffice to say... I have a number of those related to game <laughs> music, so I could easily dump those on your box. Mm. So the topic today, let's, why, don't, why don't you describe today's topic? Because I think we just came off kind of the end of uh, last Saturday, right? Yep. It was basically spawned by the fact that we have hit the oh, we hit the hot age of the Nintendo Switch dropping. People are going cuckoo bananas for it as they do over Nintendo Plus new release consoles. Yep. But I'm conflicted you know because when? all my friends are <laughs> pissing their knickers over a game called Breath of the Wild, and I have tried to play it, and it's not a bad game. It it's looks a very great. Well, it looks like like a like a blast. Oh, it's awesome, and it's very well polished. But for some reason, I'm not being grabbed by it. It's not clicking. Really? Yeah, it's not. Well, I I don't see. I, you know, I don't see this as a game that you'd be into. I, I, I've never, I played, I'm not, it's an open world style, right? But I played games like that, so that's not the problem. It's just huh. I can't quite put my finger on it. It's driving me nuts. So is it Link? It might be Link. I think it's Link. I think it's Link. I'm sick of that damn haircut. <laughs> <laughs> he's got, he trimmed him sideburns. Well, he's not wearing the hat, so that right? Yeah, it's true. He's he's going. He's letting it all out. Leading into this episode, I was not feeling Breath of the Wild, and I do game reviews on the side for another podcast. And one of the particular games that they let me play was called Blossom Tales. The oh, Sleeping you me- King. You mentioned that on the last show. Who yep. And I loved it. It was a complete homage to Zelda. Yeah. And it made me think, you know what? We should just do an episode of games that aren't Zelda, but are like Zelda. Right. Because that would be fun so, as a topic. So today's episode is not just adventure games, but more Zelda alikes. And when we talk about Zelda, we're not talking about um, N64 Zelda. Yeah, pre-N64, we're talking top-down, adventure game, Zelda types, roguelikes, but with Link in them. Right, you, you, you collect items to open up new areas of the game. Or just explore, because we took a li- I'm pretty positive we both took a liberty on that topic at, one, at least one of our picks, but I don't care! I know, I totally did. <laughs> so, it's an odd number episode. Pernell, um, what, what did you bring? Well, I, I, know, my- I know we overlapped somewhere. Well, I brought my A game. So we're going to find out. Maybe a little bit of my D game, too. But let's, let's just start with the A, or maybe the B. But C. I believe you. <laughs> Jump in the line. Uh, uh, another bad creation. <laughs> oh, dear Lord, no. So the first track we're going to pick, I may as well make it be this track because I've been talking about this game enough okay. between last episode and this episode. So it's a track from the game Blossom Tales, The Sleeping King. Oh, awesome. I want to hear, hear some of this music. And it's just called Blossom Town. It's the theme to Blossom Town. And it's written by a composer that goes by, I may be mispronouncing it, I don't care, Weisiger.
Welcome back. You've just listened to the heartfelt tunes of Blossom Town. It's so good. This is the main theme? Uh, yeah, pretty well. Not the, I wouldn't say the main theme, but it's the main town theme. It's essentially where you first start off, you wake up in your bed, and you go to the castle, and you walk. You wake up to this music. Like, Can you just imagine a better sound that you could wake up to? You can, but don't mention it. We're going with this. Well, it's got a very... Like it sounds nostalgic and it sounds sad. Like not, it sounds sad in a way that like I'm remembering like a childhood. You know? Yeah, it it, it brings a certain fondness to it. It's it's yeah nostalgic. Um, it's the way. Well, the premise of the game is really cool too because the idea is that the grand is a grandfather sitting in a chair and his two grandkids walk up and like hey grandpa tell us a story and the first line he says is like have ever told you about the boy who fought for the kingdom of oh i guess i already told you that story (laughs) so then he tells this story which is basically zelda but with a girl (laughs) (laughs) oh that's okay so it's like the tale of well, I see the artwork on um, on YouTube here, and and she looks adorable. Yeah, she is. She's got, like a huge like flower in her hair, and, a, and she's carrying like a big sword, like a broadsword. It's really cool. It's like it's also another fun aspect about it is the fact that as you play through it, there's moments where like he's t- he's telling the story. So like let's say you learn an ability, it's like well Lily realized that if she did this thing, she could just do a thing. So there's a narrator. Yeah, the grandfather as he's telling the story. Oh, uh, throughout the game. Yeah, so like. You're playing the game, but there's points where the grandfather's actual words come up when he says them as if he's telling the kids about it in the story. Lily came across a spagic tile, which upon retrospection, she upon inspection, she realized that this is actually a place where she could save her progress. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, have you played that um, the other game with the narrator that Matt played this song for? And it's the, the name is just... I can't think of it right now. It's eluding you. But like it's this is good, and another aspect of it that's kind of nice is that uh, while you like there'll be moments where you'll reach a story point, and the grandpa will go, "The town was being attacked by a vicious army of orcs," and the kids will go, <laughs> "Orcs are boring. We don't want to listen to orcs. What if golems were attacking the town?" And, <laughs> and the grandpa changes goes, the golems. <laughs> he changes the golems. You get to choose. Ah, Bastion. You haven't played uh, Bastion. Oh, Bastion was great. Now Bastion had that. The narrator also, right? Yeah, the guy sort of sounds almost like Morgan Freeman. <laughs> now, is this was this a similar thing where it's like it's a constant uh, voice, or is it just like it just kind of shows up as you play? He shows up as you play. Like this game is the same thing. Like it's just at points he'll narrate. Like yeah, 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 is, yeah. they just choose key points to talk. Oh, I, I I really love this song. It had, it makes me feel a lot like um that one Pokemon track that I really love called uh, National Park. Oh yeah, that's a good track like that too. Yeah, that was so, actually that was my top track of last year. Well, it was a good track. It's another tr- another case of good to wake up to. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It's, it's a very good morning track. Actually, this section of the song that might be a topic. Kind of by a mar- the way, has kind of a marching kind of vibe to it. Two new topics: <laughs> good morning and good night. Ooh, that's a good idea. Good idea. I, I yeah, I'm just pulling them out. All right. So my my first track is going to be a total Zelda alike and then it's all downhill from there. <laughs> I got Ikaruga. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only game I've been playing in the last 4 months. It's Enter the Gungeon. No, it's um I'm playing Roland's Curse. Hey, I was right. Yeah, you were right. And we were like it starts with an R and a C, doesn't it? <laughs> yes it does. I, I know what's up, man. So here's BGM2 from the game Roland's Curse for the Game Boy.
are listening to Background Music 2 from the game Roland's Curse for the Game Boy, composed by Katsunori Hidea. This is a fun song. Like, it's fun and adventurous. It is. And actually, the funny part about it is, like, the moment it kicked in, it was very nostalgic for me. Like, oh, I haven't yeah. heard music from this game in decades. I know. Once I found, I was like, I'm thinking of Zelda games, I immediately thought of this game. Like, Zelda games that weren't Zelda. <laughs> I was like... I was like, what was that game that on the cover had a dude in like a gold knight, like, like, it was a armor blue knight, wasn't and a it? blue knight, yeah, and it was Roland's Curse. I found that almost immediately. And listening through the soundtrack, every soundtrack has this disco bass. It's just so much. It's like that, that's the fun part, but then. There's that lead, which is like super adventure I think when this episode is over, I want to see if I can try to find the... There was like a track that they, they would play when you're like in a beach area. And oh. I remember that one surprisingly fondly. No, I had, I had a few uh, tracks picked out for the show, but I landed on this one because it was probably the most I, re- I remembered of the game as a child. Yeah, I think this was like the main theme, like main map music that you would okay. hear. Like this was... It's funny because this game... I don't know how much of Zelda I would consider it to be like, but <laughs> I would also say that a lot of people bought it expecting it to be like Zelda because Probably, of the box art, yeah. the background pictures of the game. Oh yeah, it looked like like the screenshots looked like it would be Zelda, Zelda, Zelda ish. But it, honestly, I think in, in nostalgia based thinking about playing it, it feels like it may have been more like a gauntlet style game with a goal kind of like how dungeon explorer was yes because enemies would respawn there weren't any um generators mind you but monsters would respawn yeah, and walk lines that. yeah yeah and uh there weren't any like new abilities that you could get but there were power-ups you could find every once in a while that gave you different abilities or invincibility mm-hmm. but no sort of like i got this i am not can cross rivers it was more like get to the end champ you got a monster to kill oh, i remember what, what made me really interested in this game was that it was like a zelda adventure style game but it was two players yeah and that oh, was oh, awesome but of course back in the day two players in the game boy meant a whole different experience you yeah. had to find someone who else who happened to have this game which is obscure know, as kind of rare at the time <laughs> and then also you had to have the cable to link up the Game Boys, and then you had to turn the Game Boys at the exact same time. Well, that I liked, though. I didn't even mind. I felt like synchronizing your watches. Yeah, it was a lot like that. I remember, I look back on those times now, like, um, okay, when the Game Boy first came out, uh, me and my cousin Mike, Mike, who we've had on the show, mm-hmm. we would play Tetris against each other, and we would go, one, two, three, click. And we'd have to do it, like, five times before we got it right. But now I look back on it, it's like, it would have been made much more sense if one of us just held both of them and just flick them on at the same time. Where's the fun? Where's the bonding in that? Well, exactly. When you're a kid, it's like, no, it's mine. I don't want you to hold it and do it. I would also say the link cable did a, a lot to dissuade rage quitting <laughs> or raging out because, heaven forbid, you lose a Tetris and you snap and you want to just, like, rage. Like, you've seen me do that. Oh, like, oh God, the heck of this. You've seen me do that. But imagine doing that when your two Game Boys are connected by the cable. You can't yank yeah. it. You know, that's a problem. You might damage the port. You Actually, might rip I, the cable. I got that same feeling when um, I had the Neo Geo Pocket and I played uh, fighting games against people with the Neo Geo Pocket with a, with a link cable. Uh-huh. Now, that was weird. I, I had never done that before. It was Katsukon? It might Katsukon have been. 2003? 2004? Oh, my yeah. God. It's funny, yeah, because that system was dead, but the fans kept it alive. Like, and people would keep... Heck, we oh, still man. bring it out every once even, in a while. Even back then, it was dead. Oh, yeah. It, it, it lasted. It died on the water. It, it just it was super dead. Like, hey, the Game Boy Advance <laughs> will be out in a year and a half. What the heck is this thing? And it was a shame, too, because if it came out back when the, uh, the Game Boy Color... Or Game Boy Pocket was a thing. Oh, right. It would have killed. Oh, totally. But yeah, it's just not not the right timing for it. Good games for it, though. Oh yeah, Card Fighters and Dark Arms and Biomotor Unitron. Oh, you were all into Card Fighters. Oh, you bet you behind I was. And then they released it on the DS and they wrecked it. Oh, but that's another story for another so, time. It's a Roland's Curse. <laughs> Good game. <laughs> I like me. I like the curse part. <laughs> I like cursing. <laughs> <laughs> all right, what's your what's your next track? All right, well. Honestly, I couldn't in good conscience. I think my next two games, honestly, I couldn't in good conscience be on an episode that's about Zelda likes and not include both of these games. So I want to start with one which was like blatant homage to Zelda. All right. 3D Dot Game Heroes. Oh, right. PlayStation 3. 
And the track is just the main thing for the game. Basically, when you're walking around the map and stuff. So, jam on that action. back you're listening to the main theme to the game 3d dot game heroes aka the adventure to find the father who left for a pack of smokes 10 years ago and never came back seriously quest <laughs> that's, yeah. that's funny so this game is on the playstation 3 and it was composed by um, a whole host of namco classic composers we're talking like a bevy or cornucopia oh uh, just maybe just some Namco um, alumni. Alum. Mm. So are we talking like an alumni association or alumni club? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so the uh, the Namco Composers Club. Okay. Did they have have a thing? I'm sure they did. They probably got power rings and everything. (laughs) They got the Super Bowl rings. (laughs) This is uh, Shinji Hosoe. Oh, I know that guy. Right, Right, so he worked on nine hours... Nine something, nine. Nine hours, nine person, nine doors. Right. There's a lot of nines. And also the game Ordine, which we can hear from the Arcade Shimups episode. Yes. Ayako Sasso, who she worked on Rolling Thunder 2. Oh, that was your baby. That was my baby. My baby. And then some other ones I haven't recognized just yet. Uh, Shochiro Sakamoto, Tuiro Taniguchi, Takahiro Iguchi, and Norihiro Hirokawa. Yeah, I'd say that's quite a club. Yeah, that is a club. Now, like this game, have you ever played it before? Are you familiar with it at all? I've I've heard of it. I've only I got interested because this game came out when pixel art was becoming a thing, and then um, voxel art, which is voxels are 3D pixels. So you think of games like this or games like uh, Minecraft. Oh, okay. Those are voxels, and that that may explain a lot about it then, because there were two. Well, three main things about this game that made it a hot product. One was the obvious obvious homage to Zelda. Like, everything about this game just screamed Zelda in an awesome, good way. Like, it wasn't a bad thing. The second thing was the voxel art, in the sense that the main character, while there was a default design for him, who happens to be on the cover, he reminds you of the guy from either Hyatt Light or the original Dragon Warrior, um, you could actually create any number of characters that you would like so long as you had the time and energy to design a voxel art character. Oh, so it actually let you not just design the character but draw him? Yeah, you can take box and color them and whatnot <laughs> just stack them up and make a guy oh, if you I have like the time. That. Or you could download them off the internet and share them with your friends. Yeah, actually, um, voxel art is something I've just started getting interested in because a lot of my, my personal projects use pixel art mm-hmm. and I thought it would be fun to draw pixels, convert them into voxels, and then manipulate the animations in that way. Oh, that would be awesome if you ended up pulling that off. You can, yeah. make, you can make, you can take this, you can work hard, make this ridiculously awesome product, and then just have them sit down and eating Cheetos. I, <laughs> I think you're hungry. <laughs> but I don't know, the idea was to um, make it three, make it look 3D, but still use two-dimensional sprites. Okay, yeah. I dig that. Um, which is actually um, a, a technique that they used on the Super Nintendo for Donkey Kong Country. They would use 3D renderers to to create 3D models of like Donkey Kong, uh-huh. but then then create 
um, 2D sprites from the 3D images. Is that was that their trick for making it look like it could compete with the big boys? When that, yeah. that's why they did that. Was like, yeah, hey, it, it, was, it looked great, right? But oh, it like, did. But yeah, but it wasn't true 3D. It was 2D sprites of 3D images. Okay, so, so I never I'm knew that. Kind of going on that style because I'm not. I can't do 3D games. I can't play 3D games. I'm no good at that. He's not lying, guys. I've seen him try. And I keep, I I'm like, maybe I can help you find the way that you can do it. But it's like watching my dad play Halo. It's just, oh, the <laughs> cursor's going all over the damn place. I'm no good at them, yeah. But at least he tries. I, every once in a while. And, oh, also, before I forget, I don't want to lose the track of it. The third thing, the third thing that made this game stand out was oh, the right. sword, which could be any number of weird things. There was a crap ton of swords. There's no master sword in this game. Just weird swords. You can have a giant fish. Um, <laughs> and the sword can grow to like the size of pretty much the like the half of the screen. And you just like swing it, like cuts the whole screen in half when you swing it. It's hilarious, but it only happened when you had like full health. Well, you say this game is like an homage to Zelda, right? Yes. This music is straight up. Isn't it? It's got the Zelda similar thing going on here. Yeah, like a lot of people, I still remember when this game first came out, people were giving the call and the whole rip-off thing. I'm like, how do people in this day and age not know the difference between a rip-off and an homage? I don't know, don't care, but it drives me crazy. Yeah. This is a blatant homage to yeah. Zelda. They're not going to make another Zelda game like, yeah. like this, hey. so like, this is great. Yeah, like we got Link Between Worlds, but no one expected that. Right. No one did. So, yeah, this game is freaking awesome. I More people need to play it. Heck, I need to play it again. And, again, for an episode called Zelda Likes, I couldn't in good conscience not pick a track from this. So, so I told you I was, my tracks are going downhill. They're not, the tracks aren't going downhill. So it's not Ikaruga, it's actually Radiant Silver Gun. <laughs> no. Um, so I want to make a, um, I probably should have sold this at the top of the show. I want to make a correction that in the game Chibi Robo, I listed one of the composers as Alberto Jose Gonzalez. And he uh, messaged me on Twitter, or messaged the show on Twitter, to let us know that we were wrong. <laughs> That's a humble guy right there, folks. He could have taken the credit and ran with it. He's like, nah, so, I got um, enough of my own work. My, my apologies, uh, and also thank you for listening to the show. But what I'm going to do is instead um, play one of your um, tracks that I really enjoyed from, from one of the games. And it was from a game we've played before. And in my research for this episode, discovered it is a top-down Zelda-ish game. What is this game? You play as Bugs Bunny. Is it? It's not birthday anything, or is it? No, no, no. This is called Looney Tunes Collector Martian Alert. I've never heard for of the this. Game Boy Color. Um, I played this on the Looney Tunes episode, and I played a track on the Looney Tunes episode. This is the underground theme, so it's a game that plays in the caves. It's. Zelda-ish, I'll get more into it in the track, but it is composed by the wonderful Alberto Jose Gonzalez. The man himself! <laughs> Enjoy. you're listening to <laughs> is the underground music underground from the game looney tunes collector alert martian alert for the game boy color composed by alberto jose gonzalez yeah it's 
his music uh, for me it's just very strong rhythmically and really catchy melodies and it's just got this fun swing beat to it and just really just it's just a fun jazzy tune like jazzy like uh, melody it's good. I like good the stuff tr- I like the track but I, I have this problem when it comes to music where I'll do one of two things. Either I'll find one very specific sound and I'll just harp on it. And so this particular case is the ba-doom, ba-doom. And I'll just like, <laughs> I'll, just like yeah. I'll make it deeper style dig and I try to add some inflection so it just sounds a little different every time. But it's my sound that I threw into the thing. And then like, that's fun like that that that's the groove right there you got the groove that's and the it, groove of the track and there's another thing i do which was i did on the last track you picked where the sound is is not anywhere in the song it just is an empty spot and i'll find it <laughs> and i'll just add it like i'll make this my trap like it just like slip in there and it feels like if they actually put it in there it would have sounded natural but I feel like I just had to fill the song in more. I had to put more in. Oh, I see. Like there's a section where in your mind you were thinking of maybe some extra notes. Exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. That kind of fills the space. Yeah, it's um, the equivalent of like playing like a music game when they have like oh, ad lib yeah. notes for bonus points. I'm like, you know, it's like, hey, yeah. Um, actually, yeah, playing um in in DDR when there's sections with fewer notes, you step usually to keep the rhythm. Yep. You'd step additional notes. Those are those are called ghost steps. Oh, I know I had a name. Yeah, that's what we call that. That's what we, that's what we in the professional DDR <laughs> the community have dubbed the. It's tough because um it, it because you're it because it feels like you're adding additional steps to the song. It's more exhausting, but it helps keep your rhythm. And it just feels it's more fun to me too because it's fluid. Yeah, it's it, like yeah, it keeps I'm playing it more the, going. Yeah, like I'm playing the dance, not just to hit the arrows. I want to move, you know. So I was like yeah. arrow, stare <laughs> at the screen. Like I ain't time for that. So, so another thing, another thing about this track, uh, 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 Alberto Gonzalez does is the, um, the the lead sounds. I feel has kind of a punchiness to it, like in that lead, it has like a, a punchy kind of breathy sound to it. So it sounds almost like a like a like a like a hard flute noise, like a hard flute note, or maybe a hard um, saxophone. Maybe I'm reaching. I couldn't tell you. I'm, I'm just fan. I'm a fan of the Game Boy sound. Actually, it's funny you said because I know multiple people that think the Game Boy sound is absolutely grotesque and disgusting, and <laughs> they are play, wrong. I still play more Game Boy music. Well, honestly, that might, be, that might have to be a topic of some because I feel like we rarely put Game Boy music on the show, not yeah. because it's bad, just because we always eclipse it for other stuff. Well, I think we're on to your last, last track? We are. All right, I want to hear this one. Well... I picked a track from this game once before, though I don't recall what episode it was. All right, I might be able to tell you. I'm going to have to, like, I'll th- maybe I'll take a stab at that one. What you got? Well, take a stab at it. What okay. is it going to be without looking at anything? Uh, so what's the track, and I'll name the episode. Well, I don't know the episode. Oh, the track. I see you want to guess what episode it was on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That- well, the track is from the game Newtopia 2. Oh. Don't look. No, no. Super Nintendo RPGs. Nope. No. Still have to look it up later now, but you didn't get it. I know. So, so was it? This is from the Turbo Graphics 16. Oh, wow. The game is, again, Newtopia 2. <laughs> I was way off. <laughs> <laughs> well, 16 bit, um, sort of. Um, and then the track is for the area Sphere 5. So let's get her on.
year five. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me, but I look. He's looking at the actual like sound graph, and it just it's all over the place. But this is Sphere Five from the game Utopia Two. Oh my god! It is composed by who now? Uh, Keita Hushi. See, because he's the hero. I would I did not know that so, off the top yeah, of my I head. I was way wrong. He was. This is obviously this is not Super Nintendo, but um, this was played back on Episode Six, the 16-bit Christmas, and it was the Ice World, so Sphere Three. Right, Sphere Three. This is awesome. This sounds like a top-down space shooter music. Which is amazing that it's in a game that has nothing like that. It sounds really good. This song is pumped up. I love it. And it gets you pumped. Like, I almost want to say that this sphere happens after a big story point, which is funny to even make that comment because, again, this is a Zelda-like game, the classic Zelda-like. So it's... You wouldn't think it'd have, like, a big story to it, but there's, like, a big story moment that happens, and it's like, okay, you have to go do this thing, and the next person's like, it's like, get you pumped. (laughs) You're ready to go. And it's... It's a it's a great game, but again, it is very much Zelda 100%. You have the sword, you get equipment that allows you to progress a little bit further. You get the weapon magic that you get is it comes in the form of magic rods. You get a fire rod, a wind rod, and a lightning rod, and they can get powered up throughout the game. Uh, it has multiple towns. Though the towns are only really there to give you an excuse to walk into people's houses but not break their stuff. You can only walk up to the guy and he'll tell you something bland about when his sister cooked him for lunch and then you leave and then you go to the next house and it's like, my kid tripped the other day. And you go to the next house and the guy says, I am error. Pretty much. (laughs) No, he actually says it right. He goes, I am actually an error. Please help me. And then you leave because you can't do anything for 404 Villager not found. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't surprise me if that existed. I just never found that poor set. But like, yeah, this game, I remember when I bought it and I saw the box at Toys R Us, it it just screamed Zelda-like. And I was like, I want a Zelda-like game. I don't even care if it's good. I just, I need to have this. Thankfully, I was well right. I was well chosen in my decision. I went with the right game oh, and this, it was, it's good. It's I fun. am in love with the song. I think this is my favorite. Of the episode? Yeah. It's, again, it gets you pumped. I'm just, well, I'm just, I'm just really in the mood for this, this kind of music and the sound too. I, I love the sound of the, of the TurboGrafx 16. Yes, that's why we had to do that focus alert. Might have to do a follow up. I think we should do a follow up. Yeah, I just, I just love listening to it. <laughs> it's really fun stuff. So I'm going to bring the, um, bring, bring, bring the energy down just a little bit. Why would you do that? Because I love this game coming up. Okay. I mean, and I love this composer too. This is from the game Hyper Light Drifter. Oh wow, good choice. Thank you. Um, so yeah, definitely Zelda-ish, but its own game, a hundred percent. So this came out on Steam. I think you can find it on the PS4 now. Yeah, I almost bought. They have a physical release you can buy right now, oh. but it's limited to like nine thousand copies. I love this game and. It's, music is composed by uh, the wonderful Disaster Piece. And this is the music for kind of the wooded area of the game. I think it's in the south section of the game. It's called the Midnight Wood. I'm actually kind of sad now because I really wish the track was called. From the game Hyperlight Drifter, it's I think it's in the wood. I think it's something. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's over there, but it might not be. I'll have to check the manual. That's the name of the track. I don't know. I have to tell you, like, the, the music in the game matches the environments like so well. I get the impression that the artists and the composer worked really closely together. So this 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 will take you on a little bit of a journey. So oh, I'm ready. I got my booties. I got my I got my thermos. Yeah, grab your headphones and take a ride. This is from the game Hyperlight Drifter.
And we're back. You've been listening to The Midnight Wood from the game Hyperlight Drifter, composed by Disasterpiece. I only kind of hope you weren't listening to this while you were driving, because <laughs> it's a good track, but it also has a, it has a relaxing, eerie relaxing sound to it because it's not comfort relaxing no no not by any means it's very the whole game is super atmospheric in this way i just realized something i just made that statement how it's not comfy relaxing it's eerie relaxing like well, can you be eerily relaxed i think so like um can have you ever felt like really tired like where you feel like you're you're physically Relaxed, right? Okay. Like maybe your muscles are relaxed. Yes. But mentally, you're very scared. Okay, I've had that happen before. You know what I mean? Yes. Like the end of a day where you had a, it's like you got a lot on your mind. It's just driving you up the roll, yeah. but your body's like, no more, bro. Go to sleep. So, or um, you're laying in bed and you had a nightmare. Okay. And but you woke up, but you're still thinking about it. Ah. Uh, I- Good examples. Or um, you're sitting down to watch like a really terrifying movie. Like mm-hmm. It Follows, also composed by Disaster Piece. Mm-hmm. But you're really drunk. I can dig that. <laughs> you know, so you're scared and you're in the mood, but your body is just relaxed. Oh, I see. I can see that, yes. It's like, <laughs> I'm like trying to come up with an example myself. I don't it's know, like, I this is a look. challenging thing. Like, you're eerily relaxing. It's, huh. So like um, it's like sleeping in a graveyard. I don't like, know. Yeah, there you go. it's like sleeping in a graveyard. You know, like you do. <laughs> <laughs> like you do. I've I've done it. You have it. <laughs> I mean, jeez. Yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, no. I've no. never done that <laughs> ever. So, so as far as all the likes go, I mean, have you played this enough to to know? My time with this game has been watching you and then helping you with that one part where you were like dashing across like floating blocks. Oh, yeah, and yeah. the gunners <laughs> yeah. were there. It's a cool game. I like it. I just yeah. need to buy it, it which very, is why I'm concerning the physical one. There's very little uh, leveling up in this game or, or earning things. It's really just you have to get better with the combat in order to progress. Like you have to, you have to improve your skill before you can get further along in the game. Like, you can't just get a more powerful weapon or, or more power. There are more powerful moves and weapons, but it ultimately it comes down to improving your skill. Until you eventually hit the point where you're tripping the hyperlight fantastic. Yeah, and it, well, as it, as it goes with lots of these types of skill-based games, it, it like, levels out. Okay. Like, you get good enough to the point where it's not as hard. But that initial get get used to it moment is just brutal. Is what earned all of those reviews saying that this is the hardest game in the world and compared it to, like, Dark Souls and stuff like that. Yeah, Dark Souls is probably harder. What it comes down to is you can't just let your guard down and and think you can just run through enemies. Every enemy in this game can just destroy you which i like too because like it that, makes yeah. it if you ever have to backtrack it's not so you're not falling asleep at the switch it's yeah. still challenging yeah you're still working at it oh but the bosses in this game are just amazing so i played the boss music or one of the boss musics in our indie games focus episode hmm. which i think is one of the best songs ever ever in video games i need to go and back best, and best to that. bosses in video games too because i was so pissed. <laughs> I need to go back and check that out then because this is something. See, I mean, this is going by buy. Maybe it's on sale this week or something. I'll, 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 I have to show you before before the end of the end of the, uh, the day. But um, so yeah, I, I love I love the music in this game. I love that it's eerie and I love that it's atmospheric because there's a lot of exploration, but still moody and melodic. Yes, it is putting me in the mood to slumber. <laughs> well, I hope it's, it's putting though. you in the mood for the last part of our show. What part is that? The part of the show we like to call the bonus round. Oh, yeah, the b- b- bonus round. Bonus <laughs> round. The bonus round. The bonus round is the part of the show where we play remixes and covers based on today's theme. Pranav, you found something today for the show. Which is kind of funny because I only just remember we have a bonus round, but whatever. <laughs> you just remembered that we do this. <laughs> I have a track and it's kind of hilarious given the topic and the fact that this is the, my Taking Liberties track 
and it is from the same series of games as you're taking Liberty's Trek, which is Roland's Curse. Oh. But my remix is from Roland's Curse 2, no. Electric Boogaloo. See, that's funny. When I was doing my research, I was like, oh, Snapples, there's a sequel. There was. I just, yeah. I just, I didn't even know that. So, but I came prepared. Oh, what you got? It is from, it was a remix of the track Metals. It is a saxophone rendition of that bad boy. <laughs> awesome. So you know I had to go there. And it is written by a guy who goes by Subversive Assessed or, subver- or the Subversive Asset. And the person's actual name is Andrew Spriggs. <laughs> You didn't get down with that. I don't know what to tell you because, quite honestly, that track was banging. I don't usually say that word, banging, but I'm gonna say it today, banging. Sophistication at its finest, folks. Anyway, the track <laughs> is called Metals. That was yeah, it was very cool and also real interesting that there's a cover from Roland's Curse Two. That's why alone Roland's Curse One. Yes, like I couldn't ignore something like that. I'm like. Because there's a lot of games out there to have that fit the bill for this type of game, but I wanted to go a little bit obscure on that. Mm. So if it, as a, after thinking about it, I was like, okay, think of some games that could finally hit the ball. I was like, Roland's Curse, Roland's Curse is kind of a stretch, but again, as I mentioned earlier, most people bought the game expecting Zelda. I'm going to stick with that thought process and just see if I can find a cover for it. Well, I have to say, I don't know if that's what he was going for, but it sounded like where he was doubling up uh, the saxophone, like probably like uh, multi recording on top of himself. It was it gave kind of like a uh, like an NES sound kind of vibe to it, where you're playing like two sound waves at the same time. Hmm. Um, so it was kind of it was kind of cool in that way. It was it's very different, and I like that. I like the bass. I like the bass a lot. Yes, I was doom doom doom. Yeah, we were both doing like a lot of air bass to it. So I, now I want to hear more of this man's stuff because this is a gym, and I, yes. I, I need we. I wish I could think of enough tracks to just have a lounge-based episode. Ooh, that would be good. Lounge music. Yes, like we may have done it before. I don't care. I, I would have probably it. come close to just accidentally doing one. <laughs> <laughs> good lounge. I'm writing that down. Lounge is a topic option. All right. So I like it. So my next track is one that we um, we both kind of looked at each other and went, "Oh right," but maybe I don't know. 
This is from the game Crystalis. Yes! Yes. Such memories! <laughs> so, yeah, there's some leveling in this game, so maybe not exactly Zelda-alike, but definitely feels like Zelda with the top down and the swords and the hay. <laughs> <laughs> and the raven. <laughs> so this is from Malcolm Robinson, and this is his arrangement for orchestra, The End Day, which is the intro music to Crystalis. So enjoy. Just the whole time. I was waiting for it. It never happened. He did the part he wanted to do. <laughs> so that was, anyway, that was fantastic. That was The End Day, which is the intro music to Crystalis, arranged for orchestra by Malcolm Robinson. Thank you very much, Malcolm. That was a fantastic version of that song. I got to say, yes, joking aside, I really did enjoy yeah. that track. Yeah, it actually had like a Kingdom Hearts kind of feel to it with all those uh, symbols and all that. I can see it being played during a pretty heavy, a story-heavy moment in Kingdom Hearts for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But yes, that was a good pick. <laughs> Though now I, I, he Rob actually played a couple. He didn't play this one for me earlier, but he played a couple remixes and covers <laughs> of the opening track for Crystalis before the episode started. And every single time, I was like, here it comes! Here it comes! And it just stops! Actually, I think I'm just going to lead off with it before we finish the show, just because <laughs> just it was amazing. And I think everyone, all of our listeners have to hear it. But for more information about the artists on the bonus round part of the show, go to rhythmandpixels.com and we'll have links to their bios and band camps and everywhere else where you can find their music and support support the artists. For joining us on episode 8-1, our first podcast world eight episode. <laughs> Focus on Zelda-like adventure games. And I hope you enjoy the interesting motivational speech that Rob led in with. He was like just determined to get it in. It was like, oh, man. It's one of like you ever find like something funny that you're not sure why you find so funny, and you just you just keep listening to it over and over. That was just one of those things. Like I was just must have heard it like a hundred times, just playing it back, you know, repeat. Anyway, it was good. Though. I, I chuckled. I yeah, I was like, it's this crystalist, but also weird Saturday Night Live sketch, and also funny. So <laughs> I don't know. It was good stuff. So, but yeah, we're ending on Utopia too because man, this is this is really good. Yeah, I felt almost bad about the double dip, but as Rob put it so eloquently, if it's good music, <laughs> throw it in there, dang it. <laughs> Just come, you, you guys, I pull it so eloquently. You're here to bring the music for now. 
bring the music, then get out. <laughs> he actually said that. <laughs> I tried to be nicer about it. <laughs> oh man. Um, so yeah, I had a lot of a lot of fun looking for music on this episode, and everything sounded great. I got a feeling we're going to have to do like a counter only Zelda episode just to bounce back yeah, from this. Yeah, just just hit hit the Zelda 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 centric. And now for this track, the Shadow Temple. Why am I doing this to you? I don't even know. <laughs> but there is good music in the Zelda games oh, for sure. The best song is Zelda One. Um, when you're about to die. We'll lose so many listeners that episode. <laughs> I recently um, went back to play um, Zelda for the Super Nintendo, which was Zelda Link, Link to the Past. Link to the Past. Thank you. I always think that's the Game Boy one. And I, <laughs> if I got to the point where I was about to die, I had to turn the sound off. Yeah, he does get it. Which annoying. is a shame because the music is fantastic. It, it sounds so good on that hardware. But then once that beeping starts to happen, I'm just, it's over. We're going to have to it. bring this up on the Zelda proper episode yeah, for sure. Because so. that's an <laughs> interesting component to mention when it comes to Zelda tunes. But if you have any um, suggestions for us, or if you have any questions, or if you have opinions on Zelda games, most people do, give us an email. RhythmandPixels at Hotmail.com Give us an email. Give us your email. Or else. <laughs> or else we'll ask again. We'll just keep asking. Um, or if you would like for more information about the show or would like a full track listing, check out the website. Rhythmandpixels.com um, Check us out on Twitter at Rhythm underscore N underscore Pixels or Facebook and Instagram at Rhythm and Pixels or check out our YouTube, our Twitch channel. Um, yeah, everywhere. It's just going to be at Rhythm and Pixels, all one word. It's pretty much it. Um, so, most of the discourse seems to be occurring on Facebook and, and not discourse. <laughs> <laughs> All the discussion, the dialogue, the verbiage. Yeah, a lot of stuff happens happens there, and, and, and usually Twitter, too. But And also, if you have any thoughts on things you'd like for us to do in general, hell, even give us some ridiculous ones. We won't maybe not do them, but it'd be <laughs> funny to say people suggested them. But, hey, drop those lines down, too, because we're always looking for interesting, wacky things to pull off just for the heck of it because it's fun. Yeah, we, we have ideas for our own, but we definitely would like to include um, listener suggestions or just listener input on the show because, you know, it's all about you guys. So it'd be a lot of fun to do and um, fun for us to explore things we might not have already been, you know, might not have thought about in the first place and one thought we were talking about earlier but it's worth mentioning at this point in the show did you want to put out the idea <laughs> of getting listener focused tracks like to do a listener episode oh maybe maybe uh, maybe soon actually because we're we're closing in on another year of rather than pixels actually we're closing in on a hundred episodes yeah season right there that could be a good hundred episode like either our favorite tracks or fan suggested track so we got to get that buzz out there now so they so, can build well, up anyway so we have uh, Lucky 7s in World 7 right yes we did so we're gonna have Crazy 8s <laughs> oh yes <laughs> I didn't think about that <laughs> oh I'm ready for that yes and then Love Potion number 9 I like the way you think sir be kind of coincidental if it happens to pop up you know, like on Valentine's <laughs> Day we'll be in World 9 we'll come next Valentine's we'll Day do, we'll do something like that yeah I'm ready oh, cool alright um I've got nothing else. So if you don't have anything, then let's uh, let's get out of here. <gasps> Alrighty. <laughs> this is um, you've been uh, listening to the Rhythm and Pixels video game music podcast. I am Rob Nichols, and I'm Pernell. Thank you for listening, and have a wonderful week. And remember that adventure is an awesome thing that you'd embark on when you're free. See the world for what it is and see things that you didn't believe could exist outside your dream. I'm making some crazy crap. Wow. Anyway, the point is wow. adventure is a good thing to experience and is worth taking the time to see the world around you whether you'd expect to believe that that for that you know tree coated strip down the right side of your house is actually interesting to even bother with checking out you'd be surprised what you might find if you just kind of go in with and you know open-minded set of eyes so just take the time to explore your world and see what's out there for you i'm rambling and i want to listen more to this song god this is good 
good night, friends. Until next time.